Hi everyone, you're listening to Mary Read Scripture, a production of the Ephesus School Network. I'm Mary, and today I'll be reading and you'll be hearing from the Book of Romans. Let's begin, as we always will, by hearing Scripture. Today's reading is from Romans chapter 2, verse 17 through 24. Indeed, you are called a Jew, and rest on the law, and make your boast in God, and know his will, and approve of the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. Welcome back. I'm excited to explore this passage with you today, particularly because it is a controversial one in the world of biblical translations. Indeed, you are called a Jew. This is what we hear in verse 17 of our New King James translation, which is a standard rendering of this phrase in translations done before the 20th century. However, it's very common for modern-day translations to change this rendering to, if you call yourself a Jew. It might seem trivial that such a slight change from you are called a Jew to you call yourself a Jew could pose an issue in the world of translations, but it does. To understand why this is, we need to look at the Greek word translated as called, eponomesi, which is a form of the verb eponomezo and means to call by name, to name, or to be named. It is used only once in all of scripture by Paul here in Romans. The translational issue lies in the fact that the form of this word we find here in Romans has an ending that can indicate either the passive or the reflexive form. The passive is translated as to be called, and the reflexive is translated as to call yourself. Normally, we could tell the difference in how this ending should be translated by the context of the passage, The problem is, is that the context of this passage is ambiguous enough that both meanings make sense. So why does this matter? If either meaning makes sense, why should we care? It may not matter when it comes to the meaning of this particular passage, but it matters when we consider the way scripture uses words, the way words function across the body of its text. In the big picture of scripture, to be called or to call oneself matters a great deal. To understand more, we must look at the Hebrew counterpart for this Greek word, which is kara. Unlike Paul's choice of Greek words here, kara is a very common word in scripture and is used 734 times. It means to call, name, call the name of, summon, commission, proclaim, cry, read, or utter a loud sound and has the added connotation that to be called or named is something that befalls or happens to someone or some place. In scripture, the person or place who is called, named, or summoned doesn't have a choice in the matter. Let's look at some examples. Genesis chapter 1 verse 5, 
God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Genesis chapter 21 verse 3. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Genesis chapter 22 verse 14. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. And finally, Exodus chapter 19 verse 20. The Lord descended up the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the summit. So Moses went up. As these examples demonstrate, there is no choice in the matter of being called, named, or summoned in Scripture. Those in the text do not call themselves. The only exception is one time out of the 734 times this Hebrew word is used. It is used reflexively in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 2. For they call themselves Nikwaru, after the holy city. Despite the fact that they call themselves after a holy city, the connotation of this statement is negative. We see this in the Hebrew word for city, which is ir, and is used for a city, town, encampment, or abode of men, and has the additional meaning of excitement in the sense of terror or of rage. We can say that Paul's selective use of eponomesi in verse 17 of our Romans passage may be pointing us towards the dominant way scripture calls, names, or summons characters and places in the text. He could also be pointing us to the one time scripture makes an example of how those in the text call themselves. If we entertain the second option, it is useful to look at some other connections between our Romans and Isaiah passage. Let's hear more from Isaiah chapter 48, verses 1 through 5 this time. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel, and have come forth from the wellsprings of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth or in righteousness. For they call themselves Nikwaru after the holy city, and lean on the God of Israel, the Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth, and I caused them to hear it. Suddenly I did them, and they came to pass, because I knew that you were obstinate, and your neck was an iron sinew, and your brow bronze. Even from the beginning I have declared it to you. Before it came to pass, I proclaimed it to you, lest you should say, My idol has done them, and my carved image and my molded image have commanded them. Right away, we can see that in Romans verse 17, the Jews in the text rest on the law. In Isaiah verse 2, they lean on the God of Israel. In Isaiah verse 1, they make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth or in righteousness. And in our Romans passage, they teach others, but do not teach themselves. They preach, but they do not do. They boast in the law, but then they break the law. In Romans verse 18, the Jews in the text are instructed out of the law, instructed being an important word for us in our exploration of these connections. The Greek word is katikumenos and is a form of the verb katikeo, which means to teach by word of mouth or to instruct orally. In our Romans passage, the Jews in the text were instructed by word of mouth, and in Isaiah, we hear that the Lord declared the former things from the beginning, straight from his mouth. He caused them to hear it. In Isaiah verse 1, we learn that they swear by the name of the Lord. And in verse 24 of Romans, we learn that the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of them. They were obstinate in Isaiah. In Romans, they are hypocrites. 
It is also striking that Isaiah verse 4 says that their necks were an iron sinew and their brows bronze. In verse 17 of Romans, it says that they make their boast in God. This word boast is also important for our connections here. The Greek is kavkese, which is a form of the verb kavkeome, which means to boast or exult proudly. It likely comes from the root avken, which means neck. It is what holds the head high and upright, a vantage point from which one may boast. In our Isaiah passage, their necks are stiff like iron. Finally, in verse 20 of Romans, the Jews in the text have the form of knowledge. The Greek word translated as form is morphosine and is a form of the noun morphosis, which means form, outline, or semblance. Here they have a semblance of the form of knowledge, whereas in Isaiah, their brows, their literal form, their outline is bronze. So what can we conclude from this discussion? We may not know for sure how this word eponomesi should be translated in Romans. Perhaps Paul selected this word because it was ambiguous. With this one word, Paul has the potential to point to the way scripture uses its Hebrew counterpart across the body of its text. Paul can point to the dominant use of this word in scripture and the single time it is used to make an example of those who call themselves. Regardless of how Paul may have intended to use this word, this discussion does demonstrate that the character of the Jews in Scripture does not change, just like the character of the scriptural God does not change. They both simply provide two very different examples for those who have ears to hear. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week for a new episode of Mary Read Scripture. Bye!